0: Trying to find running room, and he's still on his feet. Head hole, he's got the first down of the 40. He's gone! The 35, the 30, the 20. He's gone! He's gone! Touchdown, Washington Redskins!
1: What's good? Welcome to the Pigpen Podcast. I'm your host, Denton Day, at the Denton Day on Twitter. It is Dallas Week, baby. Second one of the season, and unlike Dallas week number one, this game actually has real stakes to it. As strange as that sounds, with a three and seven team facing off against another three and seven team, there's a spot atop of the NFC East still up for grabs because nobody. Like, not a single soul in this division seems to want to actually win the thing. So, we'll talk a little bit about the game. Uh, This is obviously a little bit of a different week. I did not do the post Bengals podcast because we have a Thanksgiving day. So, we'll talk briefly about the Bengals game and the win as well. But a a majority of the focus is going to be on Dallas. We care much more about what is to come instead of what has already been done. Ooh, bars. Okay. So I came across this stat that it hurts a little bit. It like it seems lopsided. Like this this stat does seem lopsided, but on Thanksgiving, the football team is 1 and 8 against the Dallas Cowboys, which that just doesn't seem right. But it's been verified by multiple sources. I went back and looked at, at some of the records, and it, it is accurate. We are 1-8 against Dallas on Thanksgiving, with the lone win being the Robert Griffin season and the Robert Griffin game where he just absolutely torched Dallas' defense. It's a
0: 4-4-2-40. Where's number 11? Griffin keeps it. He's got him. Downfield. Robinson for the- Touchdown.
1: And that was one of the great plays, right? The the touchdown pass to Aljack Robinson. For those counting, that solidifies my quota of two Aldrick Robinson references on the podcast throughout the season. So, boom goes the dynamite there. I also love. This is the first time I had really went back and kind of checked out some of those highlights, and this one had been floating around on Twitter. I also love how Joe Buck is literally giving you stats on Aldrick Robinson and his 40 time right before Robert Griffin and Aldrick Robinson torched the Dallas secondary. I must have been super hype watching that the first time, and obviously it's been almost 10 years since then. Uh, I didn't notice that though, so I think that's, that's pretty hilarious. But I just feel like that win, to me at least, carries a little bit more weight, so maybe that's why I never had come to to grips with the fact that the team is 1-8 and against Dallas on Thanksgiving. The last time these two teams played on Thanksgiving was 2018. It was the Colt-McCoy game after Alex Smith had gotten hurt, and McCoy threw three picks in that one. So we don't have a highlight from that one because, quite frankly, not a whole lot, and we didn't win. Uh, but this is what we got going on here. We got the Dallas Cowboys. It's a very different Dallas Cowboy team. They're all obviously they're a little bit different than the first time we played them. Andy Dalton is back. They're coming off a win against Minnesota, and that was a pretty big win for their team. We're coming off a win against Cincinnati. That was a pretty big win for our team. So both teams have momentum coming into this football game, and it's it's going to be all about who starts quicker. I, I guess that's that's the way it's going to be. It's who, who gets out of the gate faster. But Ron Rivera having a little bit of fun at the expense of, of Mike McCarthy in regards to getting this team to, to start a little quicker. He had some fun at the expense of uh, McCarthy earlier in the day.
0: If you look at the opportunities we've had in games to, to either get off the field as a defense or to put the ball in the end zone as an offense, that, to me, I think is, is really the biggest deal more than anything else. I mean, you know, I could bring a sledgehammer and smash pumpkins. Um, but, you know, to be honest with you guys, it's – it's it's. I mean, it, it's neither here nor there.
1: I love the the jab there. I, I really do. I would imagine that Rivera and McCarthy, seeing as both guys have coached in the league for, for such a long time, I don't have the coaching tree and the coaching history right in front of me. So forgive me if I'm missing an obvious connection where they both coached on the same staff at one point in their career. But I would assume that they're friendly or at least have some form of respect for one another. But at the same time, like, wouldn't it almost be kind of better, that, like that rib, wouldn't it almost be kind of better if they didn't? Right? Like, can we spice this rivalry up a little bit? There was a point in time where... Washington, and Dallas, this was the rivalry in the National Football League. And we are so far removed from that. I hope this is real. I hope Mike McCarthy hears that little rib and he takes great offense to it. I hope he does. We need to spice in this thing up a little bit. I'm tired of hearing, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, they are the best rivalry. I know they're two great teams right now, and these two teams in particular with the football team in Dallas are lousy at the moment, but can we spice this rivalry up a little bit, I was not, I didn't have the privilege and the honor, the luxury really, to be around for some of these great rivalry moments throughout Washington and Dallas history, I've seen all the videos, I've heard all of it, my dad, my grandfather listening to local radio here, with guys that were fortunate enough to, to be around, some of them were at the game when they're chanting, we want Dallas, I've heard all this history stuff. I haven't been alive for it. I had We had the Monday night stuff with Santana Moss. That was great. We had the Robert Griffin years. That was great. But I want a little bit more out of this rivalry for me personally as a fan. I'm selfish. I'll admit it freely. I am selfish. I want more out of this rivalry. I want it to, to be spiced up a little bit. And I know that because these two teams aren't good now, they won't be anywhere near as as big as the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Ravens are this season. But we need to start something here. We know Ron Rivera is going to be with us for a long time. I think Mike McCarthy is going to be with Dallas for a long time. Don't particularly care either way. But spice this rivalry up a little bit. I want to see a little bit of chippiness on Thursday. You know, I want to be sitting there kind of coming in and out of the food coma, maybe get another plate, get a little bit of those sweet potatoes in, maybe a little bit more ham. I think I'm doing Chick-fil-A Nuggets. That hasn't been confirmed yet, but we're going all the way wacky this Thanksgiving for me because who the hell cares? It's 2020 and coronavirus is running rampant. So if I want Chick-fil-A Nuggets and a big Chick-fil-A platter on Thanksgiving, I'm going to get myself one. Well, I want to be going in and out of these food comas after watching the boring-ass Lions game, whoever they're playing to start the day, and I want to see some chippiness in this game. Liven this thing up a little bit. Let's have a little bit of fun. It's Thanksgiving. Get a little chippy. Just be smart about it, and we know it's going to happen because you know somebody on the Dallas Cowboys roster is going to take a shot at John Bostic. I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody's going to do it. Whether it be Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb on a crackback block, one of the offensive linemen just not caring and driving him to the ground on a block or ripping at his face mask, John Bostic is not getting out of this game unpunished. It's look the boys police themselves. He didn't get suspended for the hit. I'm not here to argue the suspension should he have been suspended, should he not have been suspended. That we don't have time for that. That was again weeks ago. We are not too concerned with what happened in the past. We're looking forward here, but you got to understand something is coming his direction. Somebody is going to to make him pay for the hit that he did on that he had on Andy Dalton because Lord knows no one came to the fence of Andy Dalton in the game, and I'm sure the players were chastised for that as they should have been because how do you not defend your quarterback in that scenario? So we know it's going to get somewhat chippy just revolving John Bostic, but let's feed into that chippiness a little bit. Don't be dumb don't draw stupid penalties but feed into it a little bit. This is a rivalry game. I want to feel it. That's what I'm looking forward to. Not not the like John Boston getting killed, but the chippiness of the game. I'm looking forward to this feeling like an actual rivalry game even though the NFC East sucks. First place is up for grabs here. I don't think we're a good enough team to win this division and you know in a weird way I don't know if I want to win the division from a long-term perspective. But it's Dallas week, and I don't want to lose to the Cowboys. If we can sweep the Cowboys in 2020, sign me up for that. Sign me up for that. I want to see us sweep them. I want to see them in their home stadium, have to leave, tail between their legs. They're going to have to go back to their families, all depressed on Thanksgiving, not going to have a great a uh, uh, gr- uh, full stomach. I don't, I don't care about that. Like I, I want them to be to, to have a very bad holiday season. Their appetite needs to be gone. Don't need any of that. I want to sweep the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, obviously there's a lot to to look forward to uh, in terms of what we saw in the first game, how we can continue to build off of that. I do think a lot of that falls on the offense prior. I would say actually that probably was the best offensive performance the team had. And I think Alex Smith is moving the ball significantly better now, of course, he didn't play in that game. It was all Kyle Allen. But I think Alex Smith and the offense are getting in a bit of a groove. You want to see them start quicker, yes. Uh, but Scott Turner, who's a guy we have criticized on this podcast pretty significantly over the past few weeks, I think it's fair. If we're going to criticize him, we have to praise him when he's doing good. And what I've seen from from Scott Turner is play calling and the offense, specifically against Cincinnati, I was very pleased with. Uh, I thought the tight end sneak was fantastic. Uh, I thought some of the, a lot of the route concepts have gotten a whole lot better. You know, I'd be scrolling through Twitter the first few weeks of the season, and there's all these people on Twitter that'll that'll break the plays down, whether it be at the you know, the cream of the crop but the guys at ESPN or some of the more local guys. I mean, even here on Hogs Haven Mark, Mark Tyler does a fantastic job breaking down plays, and everyone's breaking down these plays, and you're seeing the the route concepts with the wide receivers and and everybody is is unbelievably jumbled. There's no there's not adequate spacing between the guys. And it made Dwayne Haskins at the time, it made his job significantly more difficult to actually make some of these throws. And I think now that we have ironed out who are our three and four main receivers are, obviously Terry McLaurin is the number one guy. But now that we know we can trust Cam Sims and we can trust Isaiah Wright and now Steve Sims is back in the picture, now that we have those four guys and they seem to know what they're doing pretty well, the concepts seem to be working significantly better. Now Alex still has to make some, some throws. He, he missed one to Terry on a crosser that would have been a huge play while he was scrambling. That that's a miss. Uh, so the quarterback needs to make the throws. But the concepts and the spacing of the offense has been uh, a lot better than what it was to previous points this season. So that's a big time win. And then back to that tight end uh, sneak. I feel like the best play calls are there are there are a mix between innovative. And stuff that you should have seen coming. And the tight end sneak is kind of the perfect example of this. It's innovative because you don't anticipate the tight end sneaking the football. But after it actually happens, you kind of sit there and as it marinates, you think to yourself, well, duh, I, I should have seen this coming. Logan Thomas played quarterback in college and he started in the league as a quarterback. Like, I should have seen that coming. Those are the best play calls for me. It's innovative. But at the same time, it's something you should have seen coming. And I think a lot of defensive coordinators look past things like that. Now, I don't want the tight end sneak to be something that happens on a consistent basis, obviously, because then it gets predictable. But I thought at the time it was a really great play. And hopefully for Scott Turner's confidence as a play caller, that boosts it. And hopefully he gets more confident as he's moving forward. And we can start to see similar... Similar things like that, whatever that even means. Like, again, no, we don't need to frequently see the tight end sneaks. I don't need a whole lot of, like, weird, crazy reverses and, and jet sweeps all the time. But continue to get innovative and continue to get more confident in the play calling. And eventually, we're going to score on the opening drive. Like, it's bound to happen at some point, right? That's just the betting odds. Eventually, we play 16, of fo- 16 football games. At, at one point, we have to score on the opening drive, right? I want to believe that and I'd love to do it on Thanksgiving I, I, I can't think of I can't think of a better time to uh, to do so Now on to the Cowboys defense talk about our defense a little bit too but first on the Cowboys defense as it relates to our offense the Cowboys defense midway through the fourth quarter against the Vikings which they won the football game yes so hooray for them. But midway through that football game, not even midway, midway through the fourth quarter of that football game, Kirk Cousins had a perfect passer rating. When did you think you would ever hear that in a sentence? Deep into a football game, Kirk Cousins had a perfect passer rating, 158.3. He finished the game, I think he was over 140. He finished the game. This defense is still very vulnerable. And if we traded or if we let Kirk Cousins go in order to bring in Alex Smith, I think it's only fair to maybe not anticipate Alex to have a perfect pass already. I mean, the the perfection thing was was crazy. Quite frankly, it was it was jaw dropping. I saw that live as I was doing my my national NFL show. I saw that live and I was like, "This has to be a mistake," but it wasn't. Kirk Cousins didn't turn the ball over. So if Kirk Cousins is doing that, I think it's fair to suggest that Alex Smith should have a huge football game. And he's had good games already, the problem is he has the turnover issues. Well, this seems like the game to not have the turnover issue. Dallas' defense struggles with forcing turnovers, and if Kirk Cousins can perform well against the Dallas defense, Alex Smith should be able to perform well against the Dallas defense. We let Kirk walk for Alex Smith, a decision I agree with. We paid Alex Smith a huge extension up in the air on that one, but it happened. This is a game that Alex Smith should perform very well at. At least over 250. You want to flirt with 300, sure. You get over 300, great, but don't turn the ball over. We've seen the defensive backs for the Dallas Cowboys have issues with our wide receivers, specifically Diggs and Terry McLaurin, which is a matchup I would like to see exploited again on Thanksgiving. Take advantage of those matchups. And if I remember correctly, Cam Sims hadn't really come into his own yet the first time that we played Dallas. I don't even know if he played that game. So utilize Cam Sims. He's getting a lot more snaps. He's not getting as many balls thrown his way. At least didn't feel like he did against Cincinnati. But utilize Cam Sims more. Let's really exploit this Dallas secondary because I don't think they're very strong. I don't think their defense as a whole, in fact, it's historically bad for Dallas defenses as a whole, exploit that. And I liked what we did running the football. Antonio Gibson got 16 touches, 16 carries running the football. A couple more passes caught. You know, I'd like to run the ball a little bit more, but we spread the wealth pretty well. McKissick got some good carries. Uh, Peyton Barber played his best game so far, I thought, in terms of uh, bringing something different. He didn't score a touchdown. I know in one of the games this year, I think it was against Philly, he scored a touchdown. But I thought Peyton Barber had some really good runs and some really good carries against Cincinnati. I liked that balance. I would like to keep that moving forward. Still, though, with Gibson getting the bulk of the carries, I, I think he should be... The penciled-in running back number one to this point in the season, Uh, I would suggest that he's earned it, but I still like the use of McKissick out of the backfield. He's a great pass-catching running back and continue to get innovative and creative with getting Gibson and McKissick on the field at the same time. Both of those guys can line up in the slot. I think we'd favor Gibson doing so, but McKissick, it's something he's certainly capable of. Uh, of as well, continue to get creative offensively with getting those two guys on the field at the same time and force matchup issues for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, transitioning from their terrible defense to our less than terrible defense. The last time we played the Cowboys, the defense held Ezekiel Elliott to 45 yards on 12 carries. This is a crazy statistic now. So make sure you're sitting down, especially if you know how good Ezekiel Elliott is. The game against Minnesota was the first time in week 11 of 2020, it was the first time all season that Zeke had eclipsed 100 yards in a game. That's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Ezekiel Elliott is a fantastic running back, and he took him until week 11 to eclipse 100 yards in a game. Let's not make that a consistent thing. The defense has struggled with the, with the run game in recent weeks. Thought they played well against Cincinnati. Of course, having no Joe Mixon uh, certainly helped. But let's be more like what we were the first time we played. Our defensive line had a field day with the Dallas Cowboy offensive line in the first matchup. They sacked the quarterback six times. Three on Dalton. Three on the JMU. was Danucci or whatever his name was. They sacked him three times. The defensive line had a field day with the Dallas Cowboy offensive line. And it seemed, I guess we'll have to wait until Thursday to actually confirm this. But in the game against Cincinnati, it seemed like Chase Young started to get his mojo back a little bit. If that's the case, because in previous weeks, Chase Young was playing frustrated. And I thought that was one of the reasons why the plays that we expect him to make and the plays that you want to see on the box score, those weren't happening because he was playing frustrated. It seemed like he got his mojo back last week against Cincinnati with some of the plays that he made. We saw him animated on the sideline, pumped up, having a good time. Get to the quarterback. I want to see Chase Young get to the quarterback. I want to see the defensive line continue to perform very, very strongly and give the Dallas Cowboy offensive line nightmares. I was also very pleased with the performance of Ronald Darby, who I thought was excellent against Cincinnati. The Bengals have some good wide receivers. I mean, A.J. Green isn't quite prime A.J. Green anymore, and T. Higgins is still young, but the Bengals have some good receivers and they made an effort to attack Darby and Darby held his own. I I thought he played exceptional against Cincinnati and if that's a consistent thing moving forward with Fuller on one side and Darby on the other side, that's a pretty good tandem. You know, if we keep Fuller at corner and instead of consistently moving him on certain plays to safety, which I don't hate, but I would rather him play the cornerback position long term. Those two guys on the outside are pretty good tandem. And Dallas has two good wide receivers. CeeDee Lamb is awesome. We saw the catch he made against Minnesota. Not many guys can do that. Amari Cooper, while overrated, is still good. I, he's that contract was silly and I'm consistently reminded that I'm very happy that our organization did not pay him that contract. But that's going to be fun matchups to see. Fuller against CeeDee Lamb, Fuller against Amari Cooper, Donald against CeeDee Lamb, Donald against Cooper. Or Darby, not Darnold. Sorry, I got mixed up there. But Darby against CeeDee Lamb. Darby against Cooper. Let's see these matchups. I love the skill position matchups on the outside. That That's something I gravitate to as, as a fan. So that's something that, that I want to see. As far as the game is concerned prediction-wise. And I want to know your predictions at the Denton Day on Twitter. I think in week 12 of 2020, we get our first win streak. As a team. Dallas is good. They're a much better quarterback with Andy Dalton than whoever the hell they had backing him up. Whether it be the kid from JMU or the revolving door of dudes that I had never heard of. But I think our team is better than they are. I think we beat Dallas. I think we do so in Jerry World on Thanksgiving. And I think for the first time this season, we eclipse three touchdowns. Three offensive touchdowns. I feel like I've been saying that for weeks. If I have, I apologize. Not really. But I think it happens this week. I think we eclipse over three offensive touchdowns. I think we get into the 30s. I'm going to say Washington 34, Dallas 21. And the football team moves to 4-7 and seven on the season. And for a brief moment in time pending the outcomes of Sunday we jump back in the first place in the NFC East. I'd love to know your thoughts at the Denton Day on Twitter. I'm looking forward to the game. I'm excited. I hope everyone has a fantastic Thanksgiving. Enjoy the food and celebrate safely, please. But let's have some fun. I'm I'm pumped for the game. I hope you are as well. I'll see you on, fingers crossed, Friday for a recap of the actual game itself. Until then, I'm out. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace.
0: information, Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C O R I E N T.com. Corient.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7UP, all with your card.